and there's the phone as I tell the story. Maybe the dra- that's that's the Vikings g- giving me their pick, right? I can't believe Perfect. this. From 2003. I'm never down here, so I don't turn this ringer off, but I'll stall. This is like what's behind door number two. I'll wait a minute uh, as we This is going. the draft. Listen up, everybody. I understand your obsession with takeout and fancy brunches and late night delivery. Luckily, so does today's sponsor. Food lovers meet the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Now, with this credit card, you get four times the points on restaurants, deliveries, takeout orders, and dine-in brunches, lunches, or dinners. Plus, Altitude Go gets you two times the points on groceries. Yes, even delivery, streaming services, and gas or EV charging station pit stops. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply and learn how you can earn 20,000 bonus points. You deserve a credit card that gives you more and more and even more. You deserve Altitude Go, NerdWallet's 2022 Best of Awards winner for Best Credit Card for Dining Benefits. Apply to become an Altitude Go cardholder at usbank.com slash altitude go. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. Hey, everybody. What's up? Trey Wingo here. Welcome into another episode of Half Forgotten History as our draft bonanza coverage continues. Look, one of the reasons I got into this business was because I saw somebody working at ESPN that I thought was having more fun than any human should be allowed to have with their clothes on. Uh, And he was just really good at it. And he made me want to be a part of it. He made me want to be a part of the ESPN family. I'm talking about, of course, Boomer Chris Berman. And he's done a million things in his career. But for a lot of people, his coverage of the draft for decades will be the thing that a lot of people remember about him. So if we're expanding our draft coverage here on Half Forgotten History, who else would we want to talk to more than the originator of everything draft-related at ESPN, Chris Berman. Enjoy. All right, you probably don't remember this. In fact, I'm I'm 100% sure you don't remember this, but I got to ESPN in November of 1997, and within the first week, I ran into you upstairs, building three, floor two, men's bathroom, because every good story starts in a men's bathroom. Well, we all have to use it. Exactly. So... (laughs) I go up to you and I'm like, hey, Chris, you probably don't remember me. I met you in St. Louis. When you, and you're like, oh, yeah, the guy that told me about the Cheddar Smokies at Bush Stadium's uh, press room cafeteria. I could not believe that you remembered. I was the guy that told you to try the Cheddar Smokies. It meant the world to me at that time. Well, Cardinal baseball, however you enjoy it, right, Trey? Yeah. Good to see you. And not long after that, I, I did nickname you. In honor of Joe Gibbs and the Redskins, yeah. counter Trey Wingo, right? Like that. that I mean that, that that was that was their staple play. It was, and it it won them three Super Bowls. And you and I are still here to talk about it. Now that's that's the miraculous part that we're still <laughs> we're still yeah, here well, to talk we're survivors. about. It. Nice to see you. Good, good to the, see you, Boom. Twenty first century technology. That I have makes other things a little easier, for it, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll stick with those for right now. Our, uh, obviously, this our producer Scott Turkin just fell out of his chair. Now it's your show. Go ahead. There you go. Well, listen, the, the fact that he got into the chair is somewhat miraculous. If well. you know this, how Turk has been these last. <laughs> <laughs> the question That's is, funny. can he get back in? Is the bigger well, is the bigger hey, issue? It's funny. Ace, what? So um, <laughs> this is your office, right? This is your man cave. Not many people get to see this. Well. Yeah, there's, and I'm not an autograph guy, but I've got, I mean, yeah. I got baseballs and footballs here that are, 
pretty cool. I mean, from Willie Mays, yeah. Joe Montana. I mean, but that's not the point of sitting down here. It's yeah, it's quiet down here, you know. And when we had a house full, right, which we love every minute of it, but this is where you not so much a man cave to watch games, Trey. I mean, you may watch games where you are, but right. this is where. Okay, let me think. It's ten at night now. Let me think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Some might look at this and say, some spread, huh? <laughs> Howie Long and I would definitely <laughs> say that. One of the one of the great outtakes of a long forgotten, oh my God, um, Taco Bell commercial in which me, hey. him, Jim Kelly, yep. LT, um, Bruce Smith, Wow. I'm 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 forgetting a few, uh, and uh, Howie and I in a tuck, some spread, huh? Now you're now you're going back in time. Come on, well that's the whole point of this podcast: half forgotten history. We got to remember that shit because that was the good stuff. It was the good stuff. You know, you're going to be associated with ESPN forever. You were there from day one, and you'll be there as long as ESPN is around, I believe. But it, the draft, I think, as much as anything else is what I think a lot of people remember. At prime time, absolutely, and the nicknames. But I think a lot of people would say, if you said to them, Chris Berman, I think one of the first things they would say would either be the nicknames or the draft. Do you feel like that's accurate? Well, you mentioned prime time. I mean, because that was every week for so many years, and it's still on, you know, on ESPN+. Yeah. Plus. But, yeah, especially if you're – I'm almost 67. You don't have to be my age. You could be older. But if you were f- 50s and 60s, you know, everyone now doesn't remember. And why would they? The draft back then, it was on a Tuesday at like 8 a.m., right? Um, yeah. People would call in sick because they didn't even know. The bosses didn't know what cable TV was, right? So they, yeah. if you're playing hooky, they didn't know why. Well, why would all these – he's a football fan. Why him and these other three guys in the office not here today? What did they get? Certain sort of flu? What did they get? But, um, you know, I, was on, I wasn't I was on the very first one. But no. everyone after that – and I didn't host it as the main host till later 80s, but Pete Rozelle was still commissioner, which – Yep. I think Trey qualifies me as going back a few years. Um, back, 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 one might say. Yes, back, back. As a matter of fact, one of my, you know, it was still early in my career. Pete's last year as commissioner was 89. Um, yep. And I remember the commissioner at the end of the first round, uh, and obviously Paul Tagliabue after that and Roger after that, would come to the set. And everybody cleared off, especially this is Pete's last year, 89. And I remember Pete liked me for whatever reason, one of the great people that I ever met in my life. And uh, he, he knew I liked football, but I, whatever the reason, he and I always got along. Um, I, of course, he'd weigh my senior. And we sat for like 15 minutes. I know it was in the middle of the draft and the second round picks are going. And and then that was like our first commercial after in forever when he left the set. And I thought to myself, 89. Again, I've only been on 10 years, Trey. Not, oh, wow, you've really made it, but wherever your career goes, you just had a milestone. I hadn't thought of this till last night. Like, you sat alone with Pete Rozelle on live TV for 15 minutes, and he seemed to enjoy it, and I sure as hell did. But, I mean, by then, the draft, I think, was 
Sunday, Monday. Yeah. By yeah, then, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and you became a big part of it as the years went on. But we had so many different venues. Now it's <laughs> going to Las Vegas. I mean, look, we used to do it. And uh, my first assignment was a was the only live shot we had in the second draft in 81. I remember. Mike that's my first, that's my first recollect, That's my first recollection of you in the draft was being in that bar in New York City talking to Jets fans. Well, it was the sports lunch crowd. You know, when Kyle yeah. Rope came over, the former Giant, and right. uh, a couple others. My dad came over from work. He worked in New York, and not to get on TV, but to watch, and here I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, look, back then, we probably had this big-ass extension cord that went out the, the back door <laughs> of the kitchen into the truck, which was 1981, and it was, this is a true story, like the second round, could have been the third round, but I want to say the Jets' second round pick, right? And it was one I didn't like, and the fans, you know, we didn't like. And I went on a on a soapbox from it. What? You know, I remember. I just, and honestly, not because I was so loud, at that moment, the feed blew up, you know, like, I guess I was so loud that, that or somebody stepped on the extension cord trade that um, we went off and the whole restaurant was dark at, you know, one thirty <laughs> p.m. Uh, for like 10 minutes. ESPN blew yeah. out the restaurant. Uh, that was my first one. The second one, because um, I'll give you my path because these are all humorous. Right. Second sure. one was uh, April 82. And I had gotten very close with those 49ers who won the Super Bowl. Unknown. Joe Montana, yeah, he played another Over my game. Cowboys at the time. You don't have to remind me. Well, I still think they should have called the safety on Joe Montana for running out of the back of the end zone as time expired with the ball. But I'll never win that battle. Hey, you know what? Let bygones be bygones. But <laughs> Cowboys beat the Niners in the 70s three times in a row. So that was a payback. At any rate, they're not the, yeah. the point is... So I went out to San Francisco, even though they had the last pick. Now, it took me 48 hours before the before it started. I wait a minute. This draft is starting at 8 a.m. Eastern. So we're live at 5 a.m. Uh, and it, then it hit me. All the West Coast teams were drafting for their future at 5 a.m., you don't yep. think that's an advantage if you're somewhere else other than the West. I mean, so all the, you know, the Rams and the Chargers and the Niners and the Raiders and the Seahawks by then 5 a.m. And so I remember going to sleep San Francisco. So I had a good night the night before. I mean, you know, good enough. Um, yeah. And staying near the airport or somewhere. And, and um, I remember asking the, the front desk, hey, can I get a wake up call for 245? And she laughed. She went, well, you know, it's 1230 already. I went, yeah, I know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but on that day, the Niners Good traded prep. for Russ Francis. And it was yeah. like a big deal, you know, like yeah, they, you could have sat there and done nothing. And then the next few years I was in Bristol. And I want to say 84, maybe 83 was his first, but 84. I didn't invent Mel, but. I brought him into the world, at least on TV. Absolutely, And he was 22, whatever he was. Full um, of piss and vinegar. Oh, well, not that he's not. I love uh, one of my favorite people. But 
And, you know, you'd ask one question, like, who is this guy? Like, how much can he know? Yeah, he has this draft book, this blue thing. That's fine. And then you get about four things in and you realize, A, he knows all these guys from film study. And B, he's not trying to say he's smarter than GMs. He's not stumping for a GM job is my point. And yeah. so Mel and I were a, a team in Bristol while um, well, first George Graham, but then Bob hosted it several years, probably. And then I got bumped up to the big time, if you will. Although it was half and half back then, um, uh, half New York, half Bristol. And then Mel and I went to the big board. You've seen that shot uh, one oh, yeah. year in New York. And then we were, then we we're on the big set. And that was 87, 88, certainly by 89. And then, you know, first it went from Tuesday morning, then Sunday, Monday, then, and as you remember, because you had to do a lot of the later rounds, so you did this all the time. We had rounds one through three. I mean, I know this isn't news to you, but a lot of your, I'm just bringing it up to speed for people that this is news to. Rounds one to three with 15 minutes of pick in the first round. So long. You know, once you got to first, there was so hell, long. 28 yeah. teams, then 30, then yeah. 32, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and then the second round was 10. So it was just like 11 hours. I mean, yeah. I, I love football, and a third-round pick is an important pick for a team. But by that Correct. time, you know, it, it could have been Moe, Larry, and Curly. And, 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 and I'd always – it would be late in the second round, and I'll get off this – um, although I have some other funny stories, I would, you know, and the, the Washington, well, whatever they, they were the Washington Redskins, right? Pick. Right. Chowder Trey Wingo. Uh, I made a nickname. <laughs> Mel, what can you tell us about him? You know? And I'd let yeah. Mel go for like four minutes while I'd sneak a bite of a tuna sandwich off the camera, you know? And then, and then, cause I never heard of the guy. Even though he's, you know, the 85th pick, which, oh, how could you not hear of him? Listen, we were, you know, it wasn't a, there was just a a small band of us putting this together. And Mel was, I quickly uh, realized, Trey, a lifesaver for us on the air and for the fans. Yeah, you are not kidding. My greatest Mel story of all time, uh, I think it was before we went to the Thursday, Friday, you know, Saturday extravaganza that we have now yeah i think it was day day two late in the draft and we had the old blue the mel blue book the draft book guide and somebody was drafted and the nfl had never heard of him they <laughs> they did not think this was a draft eligible guy he was a defensive lineman out of some small school in north carolina but he was in mel's book like that's when i like okay we all knew mel was good and all this kind of stuff when he found a guy that the nfl didn't even think was draft eligible i was like Damn, that's research. No, he he loved it, but you realize yeah. he loved he loves it, and it's so yeah. a salute to him. By the way, an aside, you're not you didn't have me on, so I could say this: the work you and the team did during the COVID draft, if you will, two years ago, unbelievable. Yeah. So I well, publicly, I, I know I told you this, you unbelievable did. that as someone that hosted a ton of them. That was above and beyond and was outstanding and was such a welcome for so many folks, uh, whether they were huge football fans or a mile that gave them 
Not easy. So congrats two years later, pal. Well, boom, I, I appreciated it then and I, I appreciate it still now. That was a, look, if I, if I, and I will get off this real quickly, but if, if you could have told me that you would host SportsCenter the week after 9-11 and all the crazy stuff that happened then, and then you'd end up with the COVID draft uh, of all time, uh, I, I'm happy with that. I, I'm, I'm comfortable the with that. The phone will ring as long as you can deal with it. Uh, Listen, I, I got no I'm problems. Sure that's the beauty of a landline, Trey. I'm a 20th century guy. You know why? Yeah. Where I live, you wouldn't think is a problem sometimes with cell phones. I want to, c- to finish the call. Unfortunately, yeah. this will be about eight rings. Oh, yeah. no, we're done. Good. We're done. It's go. all, listen, this is the beauty of it because I literally, I'm, I'm trying to think now how many people actually still have a landline. I We had one forever until this move into this current sort of temporary housing. And then that's when we decided to cut the cord. But good for well, you. I get that. Yeah. I get it. We, I good had for it, you. You know, it doesn't cost a lot. And yeah. uh, sometimes you need it to complete the call, right? I mean, <laughs> you just do it. I, I'm, I'm a Taurus, man. I'm, I'm stubborn. Yeah, well, listen, that, that might have been, you know, that, that been the commissioner calling saying, get ready, somebody's going to pick you. So just be clear. Well, that might have been who was on know, the phone. Here's a story that I didn't think of till last night. A couple of bubble, well, not bubble. One year, I don't think I was hosting. I was on the side with Mel. So I'm guessing 87. You know, yeah. third round. Now you're reaching for. And Alan Pinkett was a running back Notre Dame and was drafted. Notre Dame. I want to say, yeah. I want to say the Oilers, right? Houston. I mean, yep. I think I'm right on this. Don't ask me I what I had for too. breakfast, but I can remember this. But um, uh, Or don't ask me where the Easter eggs are. But um, we have Alan Pinkett. Hey, talk to Alan Pinkett. He knows who you are on the phone. And Alan, that it is. Chris Berman, hey, how are you? Congratulations. You know, you, you've just been selected by the Houston Oilers. How do you feel? He goes, I have? I I didn't know that. Like, you're the first to tell me. It was like, well, I hate on national television to tell you that you're the Oilers, but you were always yeah, tipping picks. Oh, and he was, you were always tipping picks. <laughs> no, not true. Not true. That's research. It wasn't yeah. like I was told. That's the biggest myth out yeah. there. That's no, I, that's called research ahead of time that only I know what they're going to do. Yeah. And I don't say it until the card is going up. And then I, the most fun was with Buffalo uh, through the oh, years. Yeah. And that's really of Bill Polian. And then John Butler, the late John Butler and A.J. Smith. Butler, and, but yeah. Really was Bill. It really was. But one of your signature lines was always, a cab driver in New York told me it might be this pick. I right. heard from a well, cabbie in New York, it might be this pick. Right. Well, or it would be more fun if I knew. And then, you know, they're getting about two minutes left. So I know the yeah. card's going to go up soon. We'd wait. And then I go, right. you know, the Bills, I go through their roster. Well, they Bruce Smith. They can rush the passer, blah, 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 blah. The linebackers, well, they got Cornelius Bennett. They got Shane Conlon. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, they have Jim Kelly. They got Andre Reed and Thurman, you know, whatever it was. And the line looks good. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to be uh, a defensive back and, and probably a safety and – Maybe Henry Jones, and 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 then the card would go up, and and then um, I found out later, Mister Wilson, Ralph Wilson, the owner, and yep. the late Ralph Wilson, one of my dearest friends. Um, about the third year I did this, he turned to Bill. Bill told me this and said, "How does he know?" 
you know. <laughs> and finally, they let him in on it. And he, let, Ralph had the best laugh. He apparently cackled for like three minutes. So then it became the Buffalo cab driver. And yep. then Bill went on to Carolina and Indianapolis. And I didn't miss many of theirs either. But I also never said a word. You can't Correct. say a thing until yeah. that team is on the clock. Absolutely. Then you can start having fun with it. Because even if you say, hey, Buffalo is the next pick after I'm making it up, Philadelphia, and they like Trey Wingo. He's a big tackle. You, and they, people know, oh, he's Buffalo. He know, you yeah. can't say anything. So yeah. I never did. And then when John Butler became – well, Bill went on to other teams. John was Buffalo. It continued. Then John and then A.J. Smith went to San Diego. <laughs> I knew all theirs too, and we called it the Tijuana taxi as opposed to the Buffalo <laughs> cab driver. And that wasn't tipping a pick; that was research, yeah. man. So, uh, yeah. oh, trust you know. me, Re- research saved my bacon on more times than you can imagine. Thank God we had those people ready to roll and and give us that information. All right, why don't we take our first break here? When we come back, we'll talk more about some of the most memorable moments uh, in Chris Berman's draft history. Stay with us. Why would you go anywhere? All right, listen up, everybody. I understand your obsession with takeout and fancy brunches and late-night delivery. Luckily, so does today's sponsor. Food lovers meet the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Now, with this credit card, you get four times the points on restaurants, deliveries, takeout orders, and dine-in brunches, lunches, or dinners. Plus, Altitude Go gets you two times the points on groceries. Yes, even delivery, streaming services, and gas or EV charging station pit stops. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply and learn how you can earn 20,000 bonus points. You deserve a credit card that gives you more and more and even more. You deserve Altitude Go, NerdWallet's 2022 Best of Awards winner for Best Credit Card for Dining Benefits. Apply to become an Altitude Go cardholder at usbank.com slash altitude go. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. All right, back with Chris Berman on this episode of Half Forgotten History, talking all about the draft. And we've gone through some of this and the machinations of it in the beginning and where it started to where it is now. When did you realize, holy shit, this is a thing. Like, when did you, when did it hit you? Not for you, because I know that was when you sat down with, with Pete Rosell. But when did you understand the breadth of how important this thing was to football fans who were starred for something at that point because there was nothing else going on in football? You know, it kind of, that's a good question, Trey, because it made me think that it's kind of hand in hand with the growth of ESPN and cable. Yeah. Let's get bigger yeah. than ESPN. Um, cable TV from spring of 80, the first draft. By the way, whenever I run into Billy Sims, I always, you were our first draft pick. You know, he was, the, he was the, he was the first pick ever announced on TV. But um, by the way, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up. The greatest number arguably in, in history is 20 for the Lions. Lem oh. Barney, Billy Sims, and Barry Sanders. How they've never retired 20, I don't understand. Well. You better be good if you want to wear it, right? Exactly, um, exactly. That, that's for sure. Uh, that is the greatest number in the history because it, you're right. Everything else is retired. No one's worn three with the Yankees, etc. Right. right. So, um, uh, so mid '80s, and then toward later '80s. So that's before the Roselle. 
you know, 87, we had the NFL, ESPN got the NFL contract on the Sunday night, et cetera, and primetime was invented. But so it goes a little before that. And I, to your point, realized, I wasn't alone, that, that you know, the Super Bowl used to be, what, the third week in January, whenever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was April 20th, whenever it was. This was like an oasis in the desert for football fans. Correct. And yeah. I will say that we didn't have mock drafts from January 20th to April 20th. <laughs> and I could do without yeah. them, with all due yeah. respect to, to Mel and McShay, because there's interest there. So they do it and they should. And it's interesting. But no combine, nobody cared. I mean, nobody really cared outside of football, though that was big. But um, – like April 1st, the bell rang for not only yeah. us doing now for our guys behind the scenes, they're getting video clips way before that. And to your point, Mel had a guy in the book that we never heard of from unbelievable you know, from yeah. whatever North Elizabeth Carolina, State College, A-I-N-T. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but April 1st, people would start to talk because everybody has their team. And the draft signifies hope. There was no free agency, obviously. And this was really, trades in football, not a lot. This was really the only way to improve your team, or at least two-thirds of it. Um, The draft or a free agent you might sign, right? So people got fired up. Whatever team you were like, how could, I'm looking forward to next year, but after April, until August 1st or July 30th, you know, I mean, 30th, until training camp starts, there's no coverage, not none, but not like now of not like any camps, this nothing. So this was an oasis from Groundhog's Day to the beginning of August. It was the one time and all football fans gathered with us. And I felt an obligation, as did all of our folks on and behind the scenes who did a better job than you and I will ever do. And you know that. Correct. Correct. We're sponsoring, hosting a gathering place for football fans in America in April. And this is cool. And it probably mid 80s. It was, you know, people look forward to it for the month of April. Not on February first. That's a bit to me overkill. Again, it sounds yeah. like I'm 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 slaying the, the you know the goal. No, you're not. not. It's just you're not. It was for that month. It was really cool, and then then you'd have a week to analyze in the agate, right? Do I dare use yeah. that word? The agate in the paper tray, right? Ooh, the Bengals. They had well, it would never be the Bengals back then, but uh, or I think <laughs> you know you'd say you're a Jet fan. Ooh, the the Forty yeah. ers Look at that trap. I heard of so and so, you know, and yeah, whatever. Uh, it was fun, and, and so pretty early on. Uh, but we still had. Here's another aside, back to the Bills, but not a an inside information. Our first bubble player, first time we ever tried to have a camera where one of the players was that we thought would go late one, early two. 88 was Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas. I remember it as clear as day. He kept Barry Sanders on the bench. He was a year or two ahead of him. So he was pretty good too. He Hall of Fame, obviously a great friend of mine. But but he was like the 40th pick or don't quote me, 35th, whatever it was. 
second round, and we'd see him go to the fridge and make a ham and cheese sandwich. I mean, it was taking naps. It was embarrassing yeah, on the couch. I said, this bubble thing, I don't know. But it ended up being Thurman Thomas, not just some guy. And I, I thought of that last night, too. Well, the, the fun thing about that is, and again, I, I think that was a big part of the COVID draft, too, is that was the first time you got to see these guys where they weren't, you know, playing football or all like he was a normal guy. Like he was just a dude hoping that somebody would call. And it, it sort of revealed a human side, I think, that became a big part of the draft going forward, right? It's like, I, I always tell people, I, I think fans look at uh, their favorite players like we looked at teachers when we were kids. They're only supposed to be in school. Like, if you see, if you saw your teacher, like, at the mall, or at, like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be there. And I think before we sort of t- took the curtain away, I think that's how a lot of people felt about their favorite players. They only saw them in this one specific place. That's a, that's a good thought. Teachers in the mall. Um, yeah. But that is the part that I still love about the draft, even if I, even hosting it later on. And now it's pomp and circumstance. But look, but their mom and their dad and their brother and their Correct. girlfriend or their, their you know, because they're with them and the hugs. It's like, I like seeing that because you remember yeah. that they're not even, you know, so-and-so Ohio State. They're yeah. so-and-so. Um, uh, from a town in Mississippi, and right. the whole town is proud of their young man, and they're going to have a parade tomorrow for him. If if we can't still get touched by that, there's something wrong with us. I I agree. The human element, I think, is the thing that's taken over the draft. The the the, the heart touching side, like the humorous stuff, like when C.D. Lamb was drafted and his girlfriend like tried to grab his phone. He's like, no, no. He took the phone right back, all that little stuff. But, you know, you were also there for some of the more interesting points of the draft that sort of changed the way things were done. And one of them that comes to mind for me was the Aaron Rodgers draft, hmm. right, where he, he, he was going to go number one, maybe. And then Alex Smith snuck in there. And then, you know, the Aaron Rodgers sitting in the green room guy became a thing that every player wanted to avoid because every time someone passed on him, we'd go back to Aaron sitting in the green room. And then two other people would be p- p- taken. We'd go back to Aaron sitting in the green room. And it got to the point where, A, players never wanted to be that guy. And the league became conscious of them not wanting to put a guy like that in a position like that again. But that was rough. Aaron handled it as best he could. I mean, that was brutal. Yep. Um, yeah, because... And he went, what, 24, whatever the number is. Yeah, in the 24 in the, to the Packers. Yeah. But that year, there were only, quote, five, you know, there's only five or six suitors in the top 20 that might draft a quarterback. And the first one was Alex Smith, so 49ers did. So, you know, it's not, well, how come he didn't go number eight? Well, because they have a really good player at this time. You know, it's yeah. it's, well, I mean... Well, Brett Favre. So therefore, you wouldn't have thought yeah. that the Packers, right? But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's changing. And I don't blame the players for not wanting to be that guy. No. I mean, Thurman was a bubble. Aaron was not supposed to be a bubble, to your point. And, and yeah. you know, he earned a ton of respect um, that day from everybody. And then 
Who knew that the sure. sitting in the green room would then be sitting for, you know, three, well, with Brett Favre, of course, but that sitting would get translated yeah. to the actual team he was drafted of. I didn't think of this till just now, but he's done okay for himself. Yeah, he? he certainly has. And then just a few years later, it started to happen with Brady Quinn. Remember, Jamarcus right. went first, and who's going to take Brady? And Roger Goodell, I'll give him credit, to his, to, to, to his credit, he said, no, no, no. Get him out of the green room. He's going to come sit with me in my suite so we don't have right. to go through that anymore. Right. I mean, it became it became something that people were so conscious of after seeing what happened to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and and, and it needed to happen that way. It, th- this isn't about embarrassing a 22-year-old kid no. if, they're, if they are 22. It, it's not about yeah. that. It, that's not, oh, he's not that good. Well, by the way, Aaron Rodgers was that good. Brady Quinn didn't yeah. turn out to be that good, not compared to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Brady, you know. Yeah. Had a nice career and certainly you know Notre Dame, et cetera. But um uh yeah, it it that's a tough one. That's the human yeah. side as well. But we don't need to see every wart, especially when they didn't ask for it. Now that's you know, many people have been disappointed on draft day, obviously. Or what do sure. you mean I'm not? I'm the fourth, I'm the sixth cornerback pick. They said I'd be the top two or three. Like that's a different yeah. sort of thing than being in the green room. But it we don't see it, we don't need to see it, and um you know, uh, and then you could be the 199th pick and, and have a chip on your You're shoulder. Okay. By the way, Thurman back, and that's Tom Brady, of course. Thurman, who I got to know obviously very well through the years, always ran and played with a chip on his shoulder. He never really said because he was, again, he may not have been 40th, but in the second, I don't remember the number, the, the second round, but, and that's still a pretty good pick. It's still your first running back on a team, but. Sure. He, I wonder if that contributed, although we never said it, to him running with, he says, I always run with a chip on my shoulder, Boomer. But he never attributed yeah. it to the draft, but who knows if that wasn't part of a trade, you know? Oh, I'm sure it would have been. And then you sort of were still presiding over it when the draft made a massive switch. And I'll, again, I'll give the NFL credit on this. I thought it was a dumb idea. When they said, instead of doing the Saturday-Sunday thing, the two days, it's a great weekend, you sit down with your bag of chips and whatever beverage you want, and just lay out on the couch and watch the draft unfold. They said, well, let's move it to primetime. We'll do the first round Thursday, rounds two and three Friday, and the rest are draft on Saturday. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I cannot believe they're going to try and compete against primetime television. Because that, at that point, you know, the Thursday night light up on NBC was like The Office and all these great shows that everybody loved. I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. It turned out to be the exact opposite and a massive home run. When when you heard that that was going to be the switch, what was your initial reaction? I don't know if I thought a massive disaster, but I went, ooh, really pushing yeah. the envelope, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'll give the NFL credit. They seem to have known, um, okay, from Tuesday 8 to 6.30 or whatever, uh, and by the way, the draft ended like with 12 rounds at 11, 11 at night, and the, the people on the West Coast could, you know, were drooling, you know, being up at 5 a.m., but uh-huh. when I went to Sunday, Monday, I went, hmm, you going to put this on Sunday? Huh, really? There's like NBA yeah. games, playoffs, or right. whatever, and to me, Stanley Cup, uh, you know, baseball, hello, yeah. Sunday, Monday, what do they do? And that was okay. Because Monday, eh, nobody cares, right? It's good TV. Right. Then Saturday, Sunday. Huh. We think we're good enough to to have this on all weekend, even though it's round yeah. six on Sunday. Like, who the hell is going to watch that? Eh. Yeah. And then, so I didn't, 
seeing the, all those moves and living those, Trey, I, I still wonder, we're just going to make the first round the first round, huh? Then just yeah. do that and celebrate it like it's, you know, Queen Elizabeth III getting coronated, you know, uh, yeah. uh, it, 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 if that's a word, uh, you know, and, um, but it, it worked. One last thing, an aside, back to the 15 minutes per first round pick in the day. So long, so, so long. Well, no, no, this was a classic. So when Al Davis, I thought of this, I, I, I sat down and wrote some odd thoughts last night, just because I don't really think about this stuff every day. Why would I, right? Yeah. When Al right. Davis would trade up to the 14th spot with, with um, you know, with uh, the Houston Oilers, and right at the end, like they, the Houston would be on the clock for 15 minutes, we'd be talking about the Oilers, blah, blah, blah. And the trade was kind of done, but the card didn't go up to like one minute left. And now, oh, there's been a trade. The Raiders are here, the Oakland Raiders, and they've given up whatever they have for the pick. Al would wait all 15 minutes. So we sure. had 30 minutes of no picks. And yeah. and we he knew we he was forcing us to just talk about the Raiders, you know? <laughs> the Raiders. The commitment to excellence. They're still committed to blah, 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 blah. And then he'd make that pick with one minute to go. It'd be one pick for 30 minutes. I went, this is going to be prime time? you got to be kidding me. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah, well, listen, Al was Al always knew how to maximize his exposure and make sure people talked about the Raiders. There's no question. You bet. Um, so, yeah, the, and, and then we went from that to the traveling show, right? Uh. First of all, was going to do this in primetime. And then they said, let's put it on the road. And the first two years on the road was in Chicago. And... I could not believe the response. Like, you know, the, the New York thing, Radio City Music Hall, been there forever, and, you know, it became an institution. But then they decided, let's take this on the road, and it turned out to be another stroke of genius. I agree. And Chicago was indoors. You know, I did those two. Yeah. That was a beautiful yeah. building. My God, the history of it. It's where Eric and did, I remember doing the research on something auditorium, 1888, whatever, they invented air conditioning with huge blocks of ice and they had some vent not with fan. And that's how they air conditioned the bit like, okay, this is where they invented air conditioning. No kidding. So, but then it became, you know, the outdoors, the Philly, you're right. The, yeah. because it was an expansion of what you asked me about 15 years ago, uh, 15 minutes ago, it seems like 15 years ago. Um, Feels like it. Yeah. Um, um, the NFL's coming to my town. Well, yeah. they're not, they're just picking players. They're not, there's no game at, at, at the vet or the link. You know, there's no, yeah. oh, but, you know, cheesesteaks are flying all over in Philly. And then, you know, here's Dallas and here's all the play. And now it's going to be, you know, Las Vegas, which will be a classic, but um, yeah. in many, many ways. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't think that would work either. Or certainly be the unbelievable success that it is, but it's it's hammering home the yeah. NFL. There's something big every month. Yeah, the Super Bowl's now in February. Right now, the right. combine and free agency is March, so we're talking Which about Which is crazy. Yeah. So they've now delayed the schedule till May because April, now we get the draft. Oh, but then the schedule is in May. Yeah. June... Yeah. 
maybe there's a, a mini bit. camp or two, yeah. but I mean, okay, but we've we've kept it going to almost the start Correct. of camps opening. Genius. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant. I, I, I got to say, listen, I got a couple other one. So the New York draft went from, oh, it was like the Sheridan, then the Marriott Marquis, where if you left your earpiece yeah. in your room, you took the elevator up and you're back in five minutes. I yeah. love that. Okay. Because I did one time <laughs> leave it in my room. Sure. Like, you know, Absolutely. you can host an 11 hour show. You left it in the freaking bathroom. I'll be right back. Yep. Don't worry. You know, um, yeah. it, now it would be, I left it. <laughs> You might as well be lost luggage at the airport. Um, right. And then we went to the Felt Forum or whatever it was called down below yeah. the garden. Yep. Before I, I went to Radio City, which was my favorite. Correct. Because yeah. Radio City Music Hall, think of yeah. who played in there. I mean, everybody yeah. from Frank to Ella Fitzgerald to Louis Armstrong to everybody, not to mention, yeah. you know, the Rockettes. And I mean, I, you know, there's history and was 5,000 people. Marriott Marquis, we had like 300 up there, you know, the one guy in the Saints outfit with the Trident. Yeah. But um, um, one year it's in the Felt Forum, which is a 3,000, 4,000 mini below Madison Square Garden, for those that don't know. Yeah. And it was 11 hours. You know, it was, oh, my God, you know, you're on and the pregame and the this. Steve Bornstein was our boss at that time. And Eric yeah. Clapton was playing in the garden. Somebody was first, you know, thank God. Oh, God, this better not be a long draft because the draft ended. I got my papers together. It it wasn't a, lo a long one. It was over at 10-ish, which was quick for a three-round yeah. draft, right? Correct. And they had one of the two of the garden security take me up the back like the fire escapes in this, and he had a box. And Clapton was on with his first song, and I just done the draft, you know, and it's a bit, 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 yeah. right at the end of that. Yeah, you're, and you're he had mush. Yeah, a glass of champagne and a seat for me in the in the front, like sit down and enjoy this. Will you? Congratulations, you did the draft. So I went from the draft in twenty minutes to two hour show from Eric Clapton. That, I hadn't thought of that till last night either. That that was pretty good. That's why I liked it the way it was. But you know, yeah. at any rate. Yeah. And then and then because it's like, the, by the way, the second year in Chicago, we did the last day outdoors and it was yeah. 38 degrees and pouring rain. We had to run inside from the outdoor set uh, to get inside of the building to do it again. And then the next year is when I you know, took over for the whole thing. By the way, every year I did the draft right the night before I got a draft, I got a text from Chris Berman that said, don't F it up. Which was the best advice anybody could give. That's the way it is. Every I like I look forward to that text. All it's, right, we're good. We're yeah. ready to roll. And uh, the, I I remember doing the interview with Roger right before the start of the uh, 2017 draft in Philadelphia, and we're looking out over that huge set outside of the Philadelphia Art Museum, and he looked at me and he said, "Trey, I do believe we've outgrown the idea of an indoor draft forever." And essentially, that's exactly what happened. That draft to me was so special for two reasons. One, I knew what I, I, I knew what I was taking over for. And I, you know, people are like, how, how are you gonna take over for Chris Berman? I'm not taking over for Chris Berman. No. He's done all the work. I mean, all I have to do is not burn the house down. Like you built the house, house is fine, house is sturdy. My only job was not to take a bunch of matches and torch the whole thing. So I I knew what you had built. It was it was my job just to keep the thing going and make sure everything went okay. 
And that draft in Philadelphia was one of the craziest things I'll ever remember. It, it look, first of all, there was no danger of you burning the house down. We we're just adding on stories. You know, I mean, it yeah. was, it became, it's become a skyscraper, right? Uh, yeah. but, um, and you're a big part of it. I mean, and, and even hosting the, you know, some of the earlier, the earlier, like the later rounds when I, people yeah. cared about every one of them and, and, and do. And, and so the draft is a, I will say this, and I, I can't speak for you, but I bet you you'll have a similar answer. I have always said, as far as our job, look, it's football. Let, we're not in a coal yeah. mine. We're not making widgets, and I don't knock those people either Correct. at all. Actually, hats nope. off to them, okay, yeah. uh, men and women. So we're doing football. But those three – I tell people the draft was the hardest. If you ask my 365 days a year, what's the hardest? Again, yeah. relative, okay? What's the hardest thing you do? And my answer would be, like, if I speak somewhere, that would be a two-word answer, the draft. And they go, yeah, not 10, even 11 hours, not even and close. I'd stop them. Yep. That actually was not the hardest. 10, 11 hours when you got Mel and you got adrenaline and you're talking football and you got other people on the set with you that are great and, and, and um, uh, et cetera. It's the three weeks leading up to it where yeah. uh, I don't follow college football like I don't not follow it. But because we, as you know, Saturday's a prep day for us. So I'm aware of who Correct. won and who lost games. I couldn't right. tell you that this guy is the best or the second best center. I, I don't know that. He plays for Alabama. You know, I know that. But the three weeks leading up to the draft, the calls you oh make, and some of the GMs, uh, coaches, some, but often GMs or scout GMs in my case, they pretty much trusted me with stuff. And not we're anyone that thinks a week before we're going to pick so and so. No way. No, Things turn no in the draft, but yeah. they would give me their books, not physically. Like, let's go over, and I base it off of Mel's thing. But I, I would go, okay, sure. Can we go over the, the the offensive lineman and the GMs who then over through the years? Um, I mean, Bill Polian goes right to the head, but I mean, I would talk with many of them, the late great Dick Steinberg and Kenny Harrock and, and Ron Wolf, some, and I, I, I'm dropping names that I could go on and on and on. Uh, Mike Allman was the personal guy at Seattle. He was invaluable for me, uh, but it wasn't about the Seahawks necessarily. It was, they would give me two weeks before their books, kind of. And, I'd have a feel when you'd talk to six or eight, you know, Andy Reid, obviously, Mike Holmgren. I could go on and on. I'm, I'm missing some, but here's sure. the feel for, oh. So that's the third guy that told me Trey Wingo is a pretty good tackle. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And, okay, yeah. so I'm going to keep it. that yeah. to that my re- The research is massive. You know? The, the, the prep work for the draft was just, it was an avalanche. Well, here's what I would say. right after the Super Bowl and then right through until the draft. Yeah, but here's what I would say. It reminded me, Trey, why I never went to grad school. Because it's a course you have to ace. <laughs> and you're doing the work the last yeah. three weeks. Because if you yeah. talk to these player, these these GMs in March, their grades are completely different on April 15th. Completely. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't do that knowing that I wasted everybody's time. And so Correct. I got to ace this test and I've done none of the work, 
but I can't get a B on it. I got to get an A. Well, that sounds like grad school to me. Didn't go. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no one will ever understand. And, and and again, I'm not, I'm just saying it's so much work to go into it, to make it feel like it's not work. Like that, that's the trick, right? All right. We've, we've kept too much of your time. We'll take our final break here. We'll come back. Just want to get a couple final thoughts with the uh, boom about circling the wagons for the draft. Stay with us. We're coming right back. All right, listen up, everybody. I understand your obsession with takeout and fancy brunches and late night delivery. Luckily, so does today's sponsor. Food lovers meet the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Now, with this credit card, you get four times the points on restaurants, deliveries, takeout orders, and dine-in brunches, lunches, or dinners. Plus, Altitude Go gets you two times the points on groceries. Yes, even delivery, streaming services, and gas or EV charging station pit stops. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply and learn how you can earn 20,000 bonus points. You deserve a credit card that gives you more and more and even more. You deserve Altitude Go, NerdWallet's 2022 Best of Awards winner for Best Credit Card for Dining Benefits. Apply to become an Altitude Go cardholder at usbank.com slash altitude go. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. All right, back for a little bit more with uh, Chris Berman here on Half Forgotten History. Uh, I uh, Talk about a tease. He just told me he's got a story that no one's ever heard before, so I want to get to that, but I want to get your reactions to two things first. One, I always say the, the draft is the only true reality television show because no one knows what the hell's going to happen. Mm. There's no script. There's no, like, no one knows what's going to happen, and you were part of two instances where that was crazy. <laughs> Number one, when the Vikings passed, they couldn't, <laughs> I knew it. they couldn't get their picket on time. They couldn't get their picket on time. What was going through your guys' minds? Well, first of all, to make it worse, the late and a good friend of mine, Denny Green, was with us on the set. who would yep. coach them forever. Correct. So he yeah. was aghast. Like, so here's Minnesota at eight or whatever the number was. And yeah. The clock's running down. I think it was 15 minutes still then. It had to be. Yeah, it was. It's it's a one minute, and you look, you know, and at that point, Mel might be saying, and I'm looking over at the Viking helmet, and there's no action near their helmet phone, you know? Like, (laughs) okay, either they wrote it down, and the guy's pulling up his pants to walk up to hand the card in, or there's nothing. There's, there's, There's nobody stirring. You know, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, right? Like, so you're, and then it's 10, not, there's nobody moving. And then, then it was like the Olympic 100 meter dash because the next team, I think Baltimore and Jacksonville were the two others in whatever order. Um, Yeah, it was Baltimore. Sprinted up because Minnesota doesn't forfeit the pick, but if your card beats that card by two seconds, you're in ahead of them. And yeah. both of them went, I, I forget who was next, but, and I don't remember who they drafted either, but. Um, I think the Ravens took Terrell Suggs. I think that was the T-Sizzle draft. That or yeah. like Peter Bulwer. It was a pass rusher. I don't remember yeah. who. Yeah. But you may be dead on. I, I, I'd have to look it up, yeah. but Bang. And then once whoever the second team was, maybe Jacksonville won first, but I don't remember. Yeah. Whoever the, the, the second team saw the next team run up, then they ran up with a card. And they yeah. beat Minnesota to the table also. 
So eight, nine, I'm thinking those are the numbers, went to Baltimore and Jacksonville. The Minnesota picked 10. And I think they got a deep, we'd have to look this up. Um, You look it up after we get done with the interview in Tackett. I don't remember what kind of players there were, but it's like how, and we found out later there was a trade that wasn't this, but still. Right. That was the only time we ever saw Minnesota's on the clock and they forgot, you know, like, how is that possible? They had they, three they months ended, to yeah, get they, ready they for end, this. <laughs> yeah, they ended up with a great player. They got Kevin Williams, who was a right. five-time Pro Bowl defensive I knew, tackle. I knew but, they got a good player, yeah. so it has a happy ending. Yeah. Not all stories end that way. No, still the craziest. And then the other thing, which which I literally, like when I say it's the only true reality television show, this, is, this could only happen in the draft. 2015 or 2016, I can't remember which year in Chicago. Uh, Laramie Tunsil oh. is by far away the best lineman in the draft. And right before he's drafted, video surfaces on the internet of him smoking weed in a gas mask bong. And I, this that that's the story I tell everybody. Like, this is how crazy the draft is. You know how much money you could have made if you went to Caesars in Vegas? And I'm going to lay money that one of the top 10 players in the draft, right before he's about to make millions of dollars, Video of him smoking weed in a World War II gas mask is going to surface. What are the odds? Uh, didn't know what to do with it. I mean, yeah. that's, you're right. And you, you think of the kid. I mean, and who would put it out there 10 minutes before? I mean, all those thoughts awful you don't person. have time to process. An awful person. Yes. Um, and <sighs> you're right. Reality and and bad reality there, and it. I mean, he's a good player, and it doesn't make him yeah. a bad person. But um, no, yeah, that was that's a picture we didn't think we would see on TV. No. <laughs> I, I, you didn't know where to go with it, Trey. It was nowhere to yeah go. I mean, I had not very like difficult that. to navigate. Uh, there was another yeah. one, not putting it in the same thing, but yeah. I was involved with one. Um, was Warren Sapp, I, I don't mind saying. Uh, oh, there were all sure, sorts remember, of back yeah. there. Well, did he fail tests at college and this and that? And his college coach at Miami was Dennis Erickson, who became a friend of mine. And with the Seahawks, a good relationship, even, you know, long before now, which, of course, I have a great one with him. Um, and Mike Allman put him on the phone. You know, this was the night before the draft. And he told me, frankly, information of – yes, no, this, and no need to go into it. And I went, you really want me to, because I'm trying to help the kid. You know, I, I said, Dennis, I, I don't know if going with any of this is going to be, you know, and whatever was quote rumored, it was out, but he goes, he didn't fail seven tests. He, he, it was only one, whatever it was, you know, says so I'm trying to help right. him, Chris. That's why I'm on the phone with you. Sure. And I went, boy, I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's going to help him. I appreciate. So, and I don't know that I ran with a lot of it, uh, but I ran with what I could because indeed his college coach was trying to help him or then college. Coach. Yeah. And, right. and, um, and then Warren fell, not unbelievably. So, and there's the phone right. as I tell the story, maybe the dress that's, Perfect. that's the Vikings Perfect. giving me their pick. Right, I can't believe Perfect. this. From 2003, I'm never down here, so I don't turn this ringer off. But I'll stall. This is like what's behind door number two. I'll wait a minute. Uh, this, is the, draft. Wait, this is the draft. Unexpected. This is the draft. Uh, the Raider yeah. Al Davis wants to make a trade. 
<laughs> but, oh, it's the other line. That's oh, five five ringies. Okay, done. Um, and the machines upstairs. You don't hear the the old uh, recorder. So is boomer. And then, I can't get and to then the phone. Warren's I'll get back to you. By Tampa, 13, yeah. 12, 11, 14, yeah. I don't know. Middle and I middle teams looking right yeah. in the camera. And I, not to make me a genius, because I mean no, no. everybody felt this way, but. The Bucks just got the best defensive player in the draft, even though he would could have gone fifth or sixth, or he yeah. didn't fall unbelievably so. And I felt no. okay, he's going to a team, Tony, where they play defense. Like they this is yeah. gonna work out Good well. Yeah. And it was Dennis trying to help him and me. Not sure of it. I don't tell that story very often. I hadn't thought of that till last night. And of course now Warren's in the Hall of Fame as well he should be as one of the great and certainly one yeah. of the quickest and most impactful defensive tackles that we have ever seen. That That's another one of those, oh, man, I hope this doesn't Happy shake him to 25 or 30. It wasn't a Laramie Tunsil picture. But back to that, that, I still have that image with the World War II gas mask. I mean, it's unbelievable. I didn't know they were <laughs> around. I didn't know they were around. You've been so generous with your time, so let's 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 wrap this up with that story that you 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 tease me with when we went to the commercial break that no one's ever heard before. Well, lay it on us. This is a life story um, because it 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 um, like we we're in positions, Trey, you and I, to meet people that we never would meet, uh, sports Correct. and otherwise, who might be sports fans and they're in some other walk of life and. They just want to talk, and that's one of the most rewarding things of our job, whether we either make fans or people that like what we do or just like sports and want to talk about whatever. It's the expansion draft, so nobody cares, right? This is yeah. March-ish. Um, yeah. Jacksonville and Carolina, so there were two teams. Yeah. When did they come in, 94, 95? I, I don't remember. 95. Okay. 95. So the expansion draft. So we went back to the Marriott Marquis one more time. We had been gone from there. Ooh, you know, I can leave my IFB in my room and I did whatever. And we're doing it. And no one, I think Steve Berline was the first guy picked, but no yeah. one knows anyone on, you know, who's left available back then by these teams. They could protect 35 players or whatever the number was. And, and, and Carolina's first pick, by the way, was a tackle from New Haven. Uh, the the Chargers, uh, Harry Boatswain was the, uh, and he was there yeah. with us, and we had him on the set, and it was like, you know, it's like what we're Billy Sims, right? So, um, yeah. um, Bill Walsh did color with me, and oh, to wow. hear him say how you should approach, that's not where I'm going, hear him say how you should approach an expansion draft. Well, you got to get some sort of left tackle. You're going to try to draft and sign, but and Boatswain was a left tackle. You're going to get a long snapper with one of your first picks here because you need that. And I mean, it's just fascinating to hear Bill Wall. You're not getting your court. I mean, Burline was a really good was a good player, but but yeah, you're not years. getting your quarterback or your star. You know, and you you might later on do a punter or whatever it is. It was just Bill Walsh building a team. You're, you're all ears. After about the 20th pick, I go out. I say, you know, I got to go to the bathroom, not on the air, but I mean, there's a break. And then give yeah. a couple other and then let them do something for three, four, five minutes. 
and it's right out the door and you get out of the ballroom and you make a left in the men's room. And then I'm, I'm about to come back in. And an elderly couple, I say elderly, they're probably early 70s then and I'm 66, but still smiling, very nice, looked from somewhere other than New York. Are you Chris Berman? Yes, I am. Uh, yes, I am. What's going? Well, there's an expansion draft. You don't care, blah, blah, blah. Uh, right. we're, what are you guys doing? Are you from New York? No, it's the Westminster Dog Show. We have a dog. I forget the the, the type in the dog show and did yeah. well in the preliminaries. And now tonight and the next night of the two nights, we're going to have the Westminster Dog Show. Okay, well, what are your name? Well, my name is Alan and this is my wife. And I forget. And he said his name. Uh, I'm not going to say the last name, but he said it. Um, and where are you from? Well, we're from Houston, Texas. And blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, I, I kind of got to go back in there. But boy, I hope you guys have first time to New York. I really hope you have a good time. It was nice to like talk to just two people for a change. And I, he said his name, Alan Bean, Houston, Texas. And I had enough of a brain at that age. At, how old was I? 40. I go, do you mind if I ask you a question, sir? He goes, sure. Smiling, you know, just smiling. Yeah. Did you walk on the moon? He goes, I did. They can wait for me five more minutes. I'm not going back in yeah. there right now. And I sat in the, with the only three people. He he passed a couple of years ago. I saved his obituaries. He and his wife and me, and we talked about the moon. Like, wow. well, people that walked on the moon. And this is one of them. And I went yeah. to the bathroom. And if his name wasn't Alan Bean, I wouldn't have, I don't know why I remembered it. He was sure. you know, the second or the third one that, that that landed up there. And he was the famous picture. And the visor. And the visor. And the visor. That was him. Yeah. And he handed me his That's card, amazing. of which that was on. And I kept it in, you know, my wallet was always huge. I kept it in there forever. And uh, I met one of the 12 guys who walked on the moon because I was hosting a friggin' expansion draft with players I never heard of, but I heard of an astronaut and I met him. Yeah. How cool is that story? It's phenomenal. And it's perfect because we started this story, this episode with a story about a bathroom and we ended <laughs> with a story about a bathroom. Nice so we've, li <laughs> we've literally come full circle. Listen, boom, you're the best. You were one of the reasons I got into the business because I thought it was you made it fun. You made it interesting. The fact that we were able to work together for so many years was a blast. The fact that they entrusted me to carry on your legacy with the draft was something that I consider to be the highest compliment I could have gotten. So, you know, we were both from Connecticut originally. We both spent time in another place uh, where it's wonderful. And uh, if I don't see you here... I'll see you on the island. And let me just say, as always, mahalo nui loa. Uh, uh, and right back at you. Aloha to you. And uh, enjoy what you're doing with this draft. And listen, you're a teammate for a long time. You did great with the draft and a million other things. And um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be with you. And, and our in-house producer, Scott Turkin, the Turk. Um, the Turk and the counter tray. I mean, what what a... What a, what a combination of football. And uh, you weren't well, pal. Um, uh, you did great with the draft. And it, it's nice to think of some of these stories because if we don't tell them, yeah. who will, right? Exactly. Exactly. Aloha. All right, boom. Be well, buddy.
Once again, thanks to Chris Berman. And again, if you ever get to Bush Stadium, try the Cheddar Smokies. They are delicious. And Boomer's career has been fantastic, and we wish him continued success for as long as he wants to do it. Speaking of doing it for a long time, our next guest was a member of the Seattle defense that was breaking all kinds of records and getting to Super Bowls for so long in the 2010s. And now, of course, is figuring out the next step for his career. I'm talking about, of course, longtime Seahawks linebacker K.J. Wright spent last year with the Las Vegas Raiders and maybe a return to Seattle in 2022. We'll talk about all of that with K.J. Wright on the next episode of Half Forgotten History. We'll see you then. Yeah.